people put this word stress in a negative connotation. But if you want to be damn really good at something, you've got to be stressed out about it all the time. And mm -hmm. I'm a huge proponent of that. I literally try to bleed that into everything that I do. You're listening to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, a podcast where I have conversations with inspirational people. My name is Chris, but my family calls me Christoph. My goal is to have as many conversations as possible with people who have forged their own path by pursuing their dreams, making them a reality, all the while emitting positivity and sharing this knowledge with others. I seek these people out and share this information with you, proving to the world that you can do what makes you happy and do what you want for a living while being a good human being. We'll talk about careers, but we'll also cover any story that inspires. Let's do this while helping each other. Thanks for listening. I'm happy you're here. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, Create Your Career. This is conversation number 124, episode number 204. Crushing through it. Hope you're having a great new year and you had great holidays with your family. This is another great episode covering a wide breadth of topics. Really enjoyed it. My guest today is none other than the COO of Elite Meat, the one and only Zach Hughes. Zach is a former Green Beret and he has a great mindset. One of the reasons why I like this mindset is because he had a crap ton of surgeries because of RPG fire and uh, yeah, that's a crazy situation. But what I love about that is that because of all these surgeries and all this time that he had to have in recovery, he used that time, he had a positive spin on the time because of that and used that time to utilize and further grow his mindset in a positive way. So I love the spin on a bad situation, a really crappy situation. So that's one of the many great things to learn and, and hear this story about how he overcame that mental adversity and physical adversity, mind you. So there's a lot of good stuff in here. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Remember, you can find this conversation and all the other contemplations on ChristophLewis.com forward slash podcast or on any of your most favorite podcast listening apps. And you can find me on Instagram at Christoph Lewis. The best way to help this podcast out would be to subscribe. And you can find me on YouTube. Subscribe there as well. Share with your friends and rate on iTunes. That would be super awesome. Thank you so much for your continued support. I really appreciate it. So without further ado, welcome to the Christoph Lewis podcast, Create Your Career. Yeah, glad to be here. Appreciate you having me today. Absolutely, man. I, I, I say it every single time and I'm always so excited to be here. I'm always so excited to speak with people like yourself, giving me their time and being able to record and dive into the lives of which they are about to share. Um, some people know a little bit more. Some people know a little bit less about my guests. For those that know a little bit less about you, though, do you mind introducing yourself and saying just a little bit about more who you are before we get started? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, definitely thanks for, for the flexibility. I know we had some issues up front. <laughs> no worries. So I'm glad I found out. A um, little bit about me. I'm Zach from Texas originally. Grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, went through high school. As I was graduating high school, 9-11 happened. It was a profound moment in my life. I really knew that I wanted to join the military, but I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And it was very apparent for my parents that college was coming first. Mm. So I dove into that and really just deferred my time uh, getting my undergrad, my master's degree before I decided to actually take the plunge and join the military. So I joined the military, became a Green Beret, traveled through the life cycle of, of the course to be a Green Beret, ended up graduating as our valedictorian in our class, showed to my team, had an awesome experience, literally loved exactly what we were doing, had a phenomenal time when we were in Afghanistan, took an RPG, had some injuries with that, 
and inevitably led to my early medical mm. retirement when I left the teams. So it's been fun. The last year or so, important to note, I, I just left active duty in September. So I've been active up until September. Oh, wow. Good for you. Congrats. It's been an interesting, yeah, I appreciate it. It's been an interesting <laughs> ride. The last year, I was fortunate enough to have a number of surgeries that gave me really about 15 months of mindset shift to really transition to the next thing. Okay. And so what I did is just took advantage of it, to be honest with you. I, I mm-hmm. reached out to a lot of nonprofits that were working and a bunch of other organizations and started pivoting my mindset on what I'm going to do in business or, or afterwards. And I stumbled upon an organization called Elite Meat that was helping special operators pivot to the business community specifically. Business finance, consulting, private equity, tech, entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. anything that transitions to them. So kind of in the last year of my transition, I started working, volunteering, really finding a fit inside there, outworking everyone and just making it abundantly clear that you got to replace me or I'm going to have to work my way up. <laughs> and, and it worked out. And I came on board as the director of operations and now subsequently the COO. That's awesome, man. Thanks for sharing all of that. I think it's really uh, cool to hear you say that you, you said like the surgeries allowed you to evolve and think about this mindset and, and gave you the opportunity of time. And I think it's really neat to note right off the bat that your mindset for like, <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys got it, but he said RPG. So you had all these injuries. I'm assuming these surgeries were from these R- this RPG incident. Um, so if you guys don't know what that is, if you're not a military listener and you've been living under a rock, it's a rocket propelled grenade, um, not something you want to be even hit uh, remotely near you. So, to, but I'm just saying like the mindset to be able to extrapolate that positive mindset from a situation that came from that, I think it's very profound for me to hear already. So I just love to hear that already. And I would encourage other people to apply that as well. So you have a shitty situation and then it allows you to have more time. A lot of people complain about it. That's one of the biggest things I hear is that people complain about time. And uh, so that's interesting. So did you say you actually went to college? I did. Okay, yeah, I went okay. to. I got my bachelor's degree. No, that's right. You master's. said you said bachelor's, and then you went into the program, and you did valedictorian of that. What? What? Like when you were saying that, one of the things that I was thinking is like, what do you think are some of the behaviors that led to your success that you attribute to getting that position, to getting valedictorian, and getting through all that training in such a manner, like such a high level of, of something that's already such a high level? I think there's a few things. Number one. I came in a little bit older. Um, I think the differences between the Green Berets and like the Navy SEALs is a, is a big age gap. Mm. You have to be 21 in order to be a Green Beret. There's Navy SEALs that are 18, 19 yeah. years old. Uh, so typically we'll have guys in like the mid-20s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I came in after college, after grad school. I knew in my heart that I wanted to do this. And when I showed up, I was an average guy through high school, average athlete, College, very much the same, if not under average. And so when I showed up to selection, I knew this was something I wanted to do. I kind of looked around at the field of individuals around me, and there were a bunch of studs, like dudes that had been in the NFL, professional (laughs) baseball, a couple Olympians. And I'm just looking around like most people were college athletes and like football or something big or track. And I was like an average guy. So to be honest with you, I was scared the entire time going through that I was going to fail something. And it was just in my mindset, I was very focused, like – singularly focused on accomplishing this goal. And because of that, the night before graduation, I literally had no idea. They're like, oh yeah, by the way, Zach, you're the valedictorian. Wow. Um, but I was in this constant paranoia of not thinking that uh, I was performing good enough. Um, and and it's, it's been a profound moment in my life to think back and, and have that vision yeah. because I want to want to keep that for everything that I do. Yeah. Because that's a, what you got to do yeah, to stay yeah, hungry. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think this really could because I was about to. I was like gonna lead it into that. Is like that sounds like a lot of other parts in my life. You know, having that mindset. Like financially, we hear of the scarcity mindset, and I came from like barely making any tips as a as a bus boy. You know, like when I graduated high school, and now like you get a job, and you know I'm able to take care of my family, but I'm like scared that I'm gonna lose it. So I think. Have, that's a similar mindset as to you're constantly in fear that you're underperforming, so you're overperforming. But it was interesting from a psychological point of view for me to hear that. I mean, you obviously did really well to get that point and like to get that top seed and to like not really know until the night before, I think is, is pretty interesting. But I think being able to pull that, like you said, and utilize that and use it for future points in your life. Do you have any time where, is that like something you use a lot or are there certain times in your life when every day, every day, everything, everything, I think that in terms of just individuals, people put this word stress in a negative connotation, Mm -hmm. but if you want to be damn really good at something, you've got to be stressed out about it all the time. And Mm -hmm. I'm a huge proponent of that. I literally try to bleed that into everything that I do. Ah, that's really interesting. I, so I've been thinking about lately, I'll share something with uh, you and with the listeners is like, I think about things that do stress me out and I try to analyze it and go, well, why am I stressed out about it? And so people have to-do lists, people have opinions about to-do lists, but I just had this idea and I think I'm going to record a, a solo podcast about making a stress list. And what that will be essentially is go through my head, think about all the things that are making me stressed out, write them down, which I think is huge and think is important. And then actually list under that why is that stressing me out and then go do it but i do understand already that before that list is even written down that the things that are on that list are things that are forcing me to grow and they're obviously going to have a certain amount of level stress for me so i I think what you said is exactly right absolute facts that as humans our brains are hardwired to take the path of least resistance i used to do a lot of crossfit and in crossfit you try to like make everything efficient as possible you're literally trying to like cut corners and it was so clear to me when I, when I started going through to become a Green Beret that that's making me mm-hmm. weaker in everything that I do. So every, anytime you can make something a little bit harder on your lifestyle and rehardwire your brain thinks, it's going to be a profound moment in the end. doesn't matter mm-hmm. what it is. That is definitely when the most growth comes from. And I know a lot of times are related to physical adversity. And of course, going through the training that you went through is, is both physical and mental, if not more mental, like a lot of similar training it is. But when you feel the physical stuff, it definitely burns. And that is most definitely when you're when you're doing that by yourself in your own head, it, it allows for growth. But I think w- working in a team environment, it definitely adds adds growth in unequivocally as well. Um, I know you mentioned Elite Meat and that was already an organization. It sounds like that was already cooking. And then you joined the team and you made yourself indispensable and you've continued to crush it. Like what? So, and, and you and I, I should say you were doing that because you said you just got out. So in yeah. September. So um, a lot of times, again, people say the excuse of not having time to do things. How did you make the time to do that while you're still in? So I think that it's important when you make a mind shift and you're literally changing your identity as human. If you're changing completely from going to left field to right field, it doesn't matter what it is, any profession, any relationship, anything that's like you're literally changing gears in your life, which is going from a Green Beret to being a civilian absolutely counts. You've got to put in as much work in changing your mindset as you did to accomplish that goal. So I looked at how much work I put into becoming a Green Beret, which was ridiculous, like over, over more work than most people that I was with. And 
I was like, listen, if I want this to be successful, it's kind of a joke to me if I don't put as much work, if not more work mm-hmm. into doing this. So I was just hustling the entire time, to be honest with you. Yeah. It was clear that there's a path to success. And that path is just ridiculously outworking everyone, putting your hands in as many pots as possible and providing value. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think I can relate to you a lot in that I've had to, I, or at least I felt that I always had to work a lot harder than other people. And I was always like cursing myself. I'm like, I'm so much dumber than everybody else in the room, but it forces me to work harder. And then I kind of had that mindset as well, where now when I actually am crushing it, I still have that work ethic of working harder than everybody else. And I think it's like this rocket fuel that gets just added to the work ethic that I already had. And I'm sure that's some of the stuff that's led to your success as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And so that statement you just made about kind of you felt like you sometimes were the dumbest person in the room. Yeah, absolutely. I would feel that a lot. I would one hundred percent feel that a lot. But if you if you take that a level deeper, that kind of means you're winning. Yeah. Period. Okay. Because you're the one that's like constantly thinking about growth and moving forward sure. and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I consider that always a win. I I try, I try to make everything positive. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and, and that's the and, way to grow, dude. That's like the growth strategy. Period. Mm-hmm. I think so. And and that's been the common theme already in this podcast has been applying this, this mindset to it. Like back when we were talking about the surgeries, like always having like it's the things are happening. How are you going to react to them? You know, they to be as objective, as objective as possible in an emotionful state, I think can be really difficult. Cause like for me, like I know right off the bat, so I was an electronics technician in the Navy and I was already like the training for me, like the technical training was really difficult. And then I got to NSW and I was an RTO and I was like, this is nothing what they taught me. And it was really difficult, but it was because I was kept on putting myself in these positions to where I I sought growth and it was forcibly, uh, it was forced upon me in a sense of like, I obviously had a choice to fail, but in my mindset, I was, I was not going to, but definitely spinning it and looking at objectively and then positively in return, I think was one of the things that has led to our shared success. So I do appreciate you uh, sharing that with us. Uh, We talked a little bit about some of the behaviors. I was kind of curious about that. I always like to go a little bit farther back. So even before you did join, one of the things you mentioned already that I thought was really interesting is that you said you weren't really always the best athlete in high school and in college, but let's talk about the mindset of you in college, in high school, and maybe even further back. Have you always had this similar mindset or was it just this kind of crescendo that built into the training that you had in the military into what it is now? No, I've definitely not always had that mindset. In high school, my mindset was kind of just to stay alive, hang out with friends, chase some girls. I was not a laser-focused individual at all. But when I when I kicked it into high gear and found sort of a calling, I guess, to go be a Green Beret, you know, my uncles were in Vietnam in the Army. My grandfather was in World War II. Like, it was kind of a thing that I'd always aspired to be doing. Yeah. Um, so when it actually happened, and that happened as I was finishing up my master's degree, I was like, okay, I got to go do this. And then as I started reading books and just like getting more and more into it, it like took over my life. I think if you have a passion, whatever your passion is in this world, and you finally find it and that like metrics is set up with you to want to go do it and and, and it like sparks a fire, that's exactly what happened to me. And then when you have this huge goal, I get this massive goal in my life and I make it happen. And not only do I make it happen, but I make it happen with hard work, determination. I'm standing on top of the mountain, just like super proud. That changes your life immediately. It hardwires your brain differently. And so anything else you do, you can just look and say, this is the blueprint. Mm-hmm. Let's go extra overboard 
and it can be done. So I think that that, that was the spark. I did not have that before. I mean, I mm-hmm. went to college, I went and got a master's degree, but I wasn't this individual that was just like, yes, yeah, send it. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's for me, it's been this snowball of, I was the same way, the, the same description, like literally word by word, it was like the same thing in high school. I could not care less about that or any of this stuff in high school, uh, especially in college. I dropped out of college and then dropped right into the Navy and I just didn't care. And But once I kind of pivoted and I started slowly building the snowball up, I mean, it was just this like obsessive feeling of like now <laughs> I just, I cannot stop yeah. and I, I don't want to stop and I never want to stop. You know, it's, it's funny because dude, you know, life is so long. You can just jack up a lot of stuff. And then get it together. I mean, I know guys that are in their 70s that are still hustling and working Love hard. That. Yeah. In your 20s, in your early 30s, even in your late 30s, like you've got time to do some stuff, figure out who you are, and then just completely go overboard afterwards. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that's what we both mm-hmm. did. Yeah. And I love that you said that go overboard because a lot of times, like I, I was even raised a little bit on like find your moderation. And I understand like that can be applicable some ways, but I also understand that it's not always black and white. So to be able to go overboard in some ways and like I kind of said obsessive, like be obsessive with certain things oh. I think is applicable for success or, or mandatory for success, I should say. I'm extremely long on going way overboard on everything. I've got a few friends that'll be like, hey, dude, what are you up to? And I'll tell them they know. And then they're like, do you ever think you should like kind of not like just settle down a little bit? <laughs> I'm like, no. And that's why we don't hang out anymore because like, I can't do that right now, dude. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like continue to push forward with everything, help more people, talk to more people, make things happen. Um, and it's very clear that that's not for everyone, Mm -hmm. but if you want to do something like becoming a green beret or starting a company, whatever you want to do, that's the blueprint. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it most definitely is. There's no easy way to put it. Like having that hard work, that obsessive work and just being able to say no. And it's really hard to say no. I've been there a lot. Um, and it's hard because a lot of times those no's or those questions come from family, at least in, in my experience, like, oh, maybe you should t- tone it back or something because it's saying it out of like a loving area in their lives. <laughs> That's so true. And, you know, honestly, the reason I deferred joining the army, to be clear, was because of my immediate family that were like hesitant. Of me oh, to do that. Uh, and so now when I talk to people about college and things like that, I mean, the landscape of college has changed. Don't necessarily think it might not be for everybody like it used to be. Um, I agree, but that yeah. was one of the things in my life that I think back on. I'm like, man, at 18 years old, what do you do? You lean on your parents. Period. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. I did. Yeah, and that's a good note. I I enjoy interjecting things about education, and of course, college comes up a lot in this podcast. And like I said earlier, with something else, it's not black and white. I also think that's applicable to college to education. I think there's certain ways in certain instances where college is definitely applicable to what you want to do. Uh, you know, oh, like yeah. if you're, if you want to be a doctor, I would prefer if you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's not always. Right. There's t- tons and tons of professions where it's, it's definitely mandatory. Yeah. If somebody's paying for it, it's, you know, it's a no brainer. Yeah. If you got scholarships, it's a no brainer. If you're an athlete, it's no, you know, these definitely scenarios in this world where it makes sense for me going to an undergrad and a graduate degree of things that I'll find ever do and just deferring my time to join the army, which would then have paid for that anyway. Mm-hmm. Just, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a smart move for me. Yeah. And there's clarity on the back end of that, making, making mistakes and looking back and being more informed. So I'm fine with it, but I just yes. try to like talk to other people about it. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that's, that's a great point. So in, in speaking of education and this growth mindset that you clearly have subscribed to, what are some of the things that lead to your continued success? We kind of talked about behaviors earlier in the episode, but like to ensure that you have this 
continuation of a growth mindset, like you mentioned books for a moment earlier, but what are some of the other of those kind of ongoing behaviors that are leading to this continued, uh, you know, just yearning for knowledge and, and the success of that knowledge and the application of the knowledge furthermore? Yeah. In terms of like habits or structure. Of yeah. Habits, yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. So like you mentioned books, like a lot of people like listening to podcasts and traffic, like that's another thing I've shifted my own brain to like traffic. Good. I get to listen to more podcasts, you know, like things like that. Are there anything else like that? And especially like things that we could share with the guests, like in mind of like that things that they could do, like reading books, podcasts and traffic, things like that, that can help them just continuously be educated. You So beyond even education, you, you've got to kind of like what we're going back to what we just discussed. You've got to rehardwire your brain. Mm-hmm. So every day I look for something that I don't enjoy doing and doing it. Mm-hmm. even if it's small. So right now I'm kind of having some issues running and jogging. There's, there's some mobility issues in the, sure. in the lower half of my body. So every morning, literally I go to the gym at 6am and I'm, I'm doing this stupid mobility training workout that I hate. It's very ridiculous. It's not getting anything done. I don't think, but it's been told to me that I should do it for the next six months. So I'm doing it and I hate it. I like literally hate it. It bothers me in my core because there's other things I could be doing. Um, and I think that that's like one way to kickstart your day is doing something that you know is probably beneficial, yeah. but you hate, whether that's reading, whether that's doing anything. Mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of ice baths too. People don't like those. <laughs> I'm huge. Um, so I think that that's kind of a, a few things. For me, I had to pivot. My life went from being on a Green Beret team to running an organization, starting another one and working from home mm-hmm. around no one. So that was a big culture shift for me. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm on, I'm on my own timeline. Mm-hmm. So what I had to do is I had to put structure on it. I had to give myself like a timeline of doing things. And I think for a lot of individuals that are maybe doing their own thing or they're younger or they're trying to learn things in education and they don't have structure, the moment that I put a calendar of events that like I have to be up at five, five thirty is breakfast, six is my physical therapy. As soon as I started doing that, my life got incredibly better. Mm-hmm. It was it was a very profound moment for me and it wasn't that long ago that it happened. And that's just just having structure. Some people already had that. I didn't have it before because I was kind of running a team life. And then at night I would run the organization. So I didn't really have to block Mm -hmm. off time. But if you're in a a position in your life where you have the ability to set dates and calendars, if you watch any of the movies, it's interesting. It's fascinating to me. If you watch movies, people have like events and dates that they go to like, well, we got tennis at six on Tuesday. We've got like the workouts at Monday at five, you know, Sarah's got piano recital on Sunday afternoon. And it's like, for me, I never lived that life. But when I started actually doing that and kind of going above and <laughs> overboard on it, things were so much more clear for me. So that's that's a huge tip that I think that anybody that's interested in staying educated in their own mindset would be very beneficial. I think so. Structuring the education. And I know that's worked for me in the past. And I will say I had an injury that came up years after uh, it happened. It happened like, gosh, it was like four years after. Anyways, it knocked me out for like seven months. I just started recovering in about September. And so I've been working out for two months. And I I tell you, man, right now looking at you, like for two months, I've been struggling to get back into my my, uh, schedule. Working out in the morning, I'm working, I'm still working out at crazy parts of the day. And I'm like slowly forcing myself to do it. I know I'm going to have to cold turkey, have this structure applied to my life. And like for the first time in my life, I'm working at home. And I know that the number one thing that I'm I'm dealing with is is structure. And I, I have it like, show you guys on youtube like i literally write down this this calendar of things yes, and, and you know, you know and, and and this is something that's helping me i just go to google for you guys listening i, I print out a december calendar i write things down 
Um, I have this huge whiteboard behind me. I write things down and, and I'm, I'm slowly finding out what works for, for me. But I do completely agree with Zach that um, something that has helped uh, through this is establishing a timeline and knowing when that time hits that that is something you have to do. So I do. That's why I, I kind of jump back into that a little bit, even though we had touched it for a second, because this is this is something really good that's come out of that. Um, and I think especially, like you said, you, you're very recent transitioning. I got out in August of 18. So it's been a little over a year, of course. So still I know, recent. yeah, it, it's still been, uh, it's still been a struggle, you know, especially with that injury. So I'm still redefining and defining myself and speaking about transition. I mean, we talked about you being part of elite meat already, um, as you were already in the military, but for the transition specifically, was there something that maybe you struggled with? And I want to, I'm going to ask this, you got out of the military clearly for everybody listening, but if you're listening and you're not in the military and you want to switch jobs, kind of think about maybe what the question and answer that's going to happen here, but what was something that you struggled with and then maybe how you overcame that as well, if anything? I struggled with staying connected to my team. Uh, there was like events going on and there was things that they were doing and even though I was leaving and my mindset was like completely shifting to another job, another portion, another mountain to climb, mm-hmm. I was still staying connected to the past um, and, okay. and not even as a friend, but just more of like I was just tethered to it a little bit tighter. And it started taking up a lot of my bandwidth because I still mm-hmm. wanted to do that because I was passionate about it. Sure. Um, so for me, it was a hard separation when finally mm-hmm. I was like, OK, I'm actually not doing all the things that I'm pretending to be doing because I'm <laughs> yeah. wrapped up in my head about what's going on next week and and what what are the events that group that's going on and some of the other stuff like this time next year, I'm thinking to myself, I won't even be around here. I'll be completely separated from the military. I need to start like tomorrow, Mm -hmm. like completely severing ties with like this mental, mental aspect of like staying connected and moving forward with my life. So the day that I did that, it was literally one night. I was like, okay, like I cannot be involved in these events that they're doing. I'm not going to be showing up to these dinners like I can still be all friends and we'll still hang out, but I'm not going to be like on the team life mm-hmm. uh, where we're connected and doing things because it was slowing down my creativity about the future, period. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's going to work for everybody. I'm sort of all over the place and, and that's why I needed structure and that's why I try to do things 120%. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I made a very clear and concise, that is yesterday and we're moving forward with the rest of our lives, mm-hmm. it was kind of a game changer for me. Yeah, it's kind of like asking yourself before you do something, does this contribute to my goals? And even as much as that was a part of your life, a huge part of your life, as much as it is in the military, it is your life. Uh, leaving that and or, and then still doing it is, is something that obviously you enjoy, but it's not directly contributing to all the things throughout your transition and for the goals that you clearly had set up for yourself. And that's another thing I'm, I'm trying to implement in my life is ask myself that question. And also on top of that, I will say that I even have written up here, scheduled time to think. Like, so a lot of times I, I, I do have things scheduled and I'm just boom, boom, boom. I'm doing these things one after another, but I'm never really taking time to just sit back and actually think about like what needs to be done and what I can do. And yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, so here's the thing with me, and I'm assuming there's a lot of individuals that do this exact thing. And they don't even think about it. And this is what I realized I was doing. What I, my profession or who I identify as or what I do as I, like for my job or for my passions becomes my hobbies. So if I'm a Green Beret in the Army, I'm like reading books about the Army. I'm, I'm like reading cool guy stories. I'm reading up on unconventional warfare, different weapons, 
staying in that mental like sphere of information in my hobbies, like in my leisure, that's what I'm doing. So I was still doing that. If I'm going to move forward with a complete pivot in my life, and this can be taken in any context, in any vertical for anyone doing anything, I needed to make my new hobbies about being whatever I need to be next. Mm -hmm. And when I made that shift, Mm -hmm. everything became more clear. I was reading different books. My podcasts were not about the things it was before. It was all shifted clearly towards whatever's next. I didn't really know what that was, but I was grabbing different things to figure out what it was. And as I kind of honed that in, it became more and more justified, more and more tight. But at first, it was all over the place. I like that. You are learning and contributing uh, your time, allocating your time towards things of where you want your life to shift. So you're kind of down, like you're like kind of like a train in my head, very imagination, visionary, like you're, you're on this train track and the train track isn't even set and you're just throwing down the tracks in front of you as the train's chugging along and you're, you have to throw down the tracks if you want to travel. So that's kind of how I see it in my Yeah. And, and for me, it's, it's a, uh, I don't do this consciously. It's just mm-hmm. whatever I'm in, wrapped up in, I start to like gravitate my mm-hmm. hobbies in that direction mm-hmm. to really be more expert towards mm-hmm. it just because I get excited about it. If I'm not getting excited mm-hmm. about it, I don't care. Oh God, no. Um, yeah. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> kind of be excited about what you're doing or this whole blueprint fails. And because of that, my hobbies were becoming it. As soon as I severed that and the hobbies became the next thing, life starts turning in a different direction. Yeah, I don't think I've ever really been successful at anything in my entire life if I wasn't excited about it. I think that's why I didn't, I actually, I will say it. I know that's why I didn't really excel in any kind of schooling that I did have before the Navy. But now I know when I'm laser focused and I really am excited about doing it. So I would, yeah, you, you need to be doing something or at least trying something that really gives you that excitement if you want to see that true success, I think, because you're going to do whatever it takes to do it, just like you did whatever it took to become a Green Beret after after what you shared with us being, I mean, you said, I mean, you don't have to be this all-star athlete. You're performing with like literal professional athletes and you're outperforming them clearly. And it's not all based on like one thing or another. It's it's based on these, all these things that you've given us already. Uh, before we get out of here today, I did want to talk a little bit about mentors. I know that mentors are sometimes people go out there and it's really cut and dry and they're like, you, I want you mentor me now. <laughs> it's just like really easy. And a lot of other times, it's just the relationship that happens and it just becomes this regular conversation. Have you had any kind of mentorship in your life? And and how did you come about that? So I think passively, my grandfather was a really good mentor. Uh, He came from World War II, like we discussed, Mm -hmm. in the Army. So that was a profound moment for me. I think your father is always one, but he really wasn't as strong for me as my grandfather. Mm. As I grew up older, high school was kind of a joke. No mentors there. College, not really. Uh, as soon as I joined the army, there's a bunch of sort of figures that that mentor you as you go through the Q course. But when I showed up to my special forces team, our captain that was leading the team was a complete stud. Him nice. and my team sergeant were like the best ever, I think, at doing their jobs. And I was so, so fortunate to have that. And I leaned on them for everything. So literally, those guys were such good mentors and leaders that I grabbed the torch and I try to do that as much as I can for That's other so people. Cool. And it's only from their experiences and because of the path that they led. I would not have been that person if I wasn't fortunate enough to have them in my life. So those two guys specifically, leaps and bounds above anyone else I've ever met. And because of their experience, their leadership, and their devotion really wow. to me, I'll continue to do that. That is awesome. And that that's, that's like, if you don't, I mean, there are so many reasons to go out there and do good things and help people. But I think it, it truly is like leading by example is just the gift that keeps on giving because I mean, you literally have just told me 
that that's like you would not be in the capacity that you are now without them and i think it's like it's so to me it's like a little bit of it's addicting when you see somebody be so passionate and such a good leader you're like what are they doing and i want to do that for other people and i want to continue to grow in that manner and i think that's just so amazing and i it just really it continues like one of the reasons many reasons i do this podcast i I want to be and i also want my guests to be positive influence and impact on other people that are listening and it just it continues to fuel my fire by hearing that story and it, it just not that I want to stop or ever want to stop, but it continues to to fuel that fire that you kind of were talking about earlier. You have that little spark and it just rolls it, you know, all these things that we were talking about. So thank you so much for sharing that. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation, Zach. Thank you so much. Before we get out of here, though, uh, please share with us where we can get a hold of you, uh, Instagram or websites or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. So Elite Meets, our organization that I run, I'm the COO. You can find us at elitemeet.us. For me specifically, Instagram, Zach Hughes one. I'm the only guy that looks like a green beret with a big beard. Uh, Facebook the same way, LinkedIn. I'm huge on LinkedIn these days. Um, and that's pretty much it, I think. Sweet. Yeah, I'm, I'm, on all the, I'm on Twitter, I got like five <laughs> followers. You guys can follow me. It probably any platform, just type in Zach Hughes, you're gonna find me. Easy day, well you guys will be able to see that in the show notes and follow Zach wherever. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And Zach, thank you so much for your time. It's it's really been fun. We covered a lot of great topics and we dove deep on a few of them as well. Have a great rest of your night. You as well. Appreciate it. Can't wait to hear it.